Kia ora wea whanau. welcome back to the Wea Whare Whanau podcast. Today I'm joined by Moatua um, and we're going to be talking about uh, nuclear testing in the Pacific today. So, kia ora. Kia ora, Noah. Um, so why don't we start a bit of just a, a rundown of kind of what you're going to be talking about. Alright, um, so I'll just first say off who I am. Um, so, yeah, kia ora everyone, yorana, watuwe, yole. Um, so my name is Motua. I'm doing um, anthropology and Pacific studies. So basically, what I'm going to be talking about is um, the nuclear testing in the Pacific, specifically in French Polynesia. But I think it's important to be aware that it's occurred in other parts as well, um, like in the Marshall Islands, especially. Um, so yeah, I'm just going to be talking about the history of that um, and the social and cultural implications as well as the legacies um, that continue to li- um, live on from this. Yeah. Awesome. Right, so I guess um, probably the best place to start then is a bit of the historical context behind it all. So um, why don't we talk about that? Yeah, all right. So I'm not quite sure what exact date. I think it was about 1965. Um, the French president um, wanted to do nuclear testing in Algeria but that was at the time when Algeria was gaining independence from France Um, and then they had the riot and um, everything Um, and so then they chose to do it in uh, French Polynesia in the Tuamotu Islands uh, specifically in uh, Mururoa but they renamed it to Mururoa um, for reasons that we don't really know um so yeah so it's in first off already we have cultural erasure because before mururoa means um little lies which uh has incredible cultural meaning to the indigenous people there um so yeah so they started off um doing testings in the tuamotu archipelago um, in uh, the atolls of Turea, Whangataufa, Tematangi, and Vanavana. Um, and so this started in 1966 and finished in 1996, but there was a brief um, break in between there. Um, and I think the massive thing about this is people don't understand the magnitude of... Um, the testings that occurred so each each bomb was about 10 times stronger than the bomb that went off in Hiroshima Shapers. yeah um, and so there were 45 atmospheric and 134 underground tests um, and each test cost an average of 2 billion um, f- francs so French dollars um, which is the equivalent of 31 million New Zealand dollars. Um, and so the really shit thing about this and that still today that, you know, um, I'll expand on it later, but um, the relevant fallout um, data from the tests that they collected has never been made public to this day. It's still never been made public by the French government. So we still don't know the actual extent of the contamination of French Polynesia and its neighbours. And, yeah, the radioactive fallout remains completely unknown. Um, 
Yeah, so there's... When I was doing some research for um, an essay I was writing, um, I came across this story of how the first bomb, it was placed on a barge anchored in the lagoon and they detonated it. Um, and the result was just absolutely catastrophic. Um, all the water contained in the shallow reef basin um, was sucked up into the air and then it rained down, covering all the islets with heaps of irradiated fish and clams and their slowly rotting flesh continued to stink um, for weeks. Um, and Whangatofa, um, in after the big thermonuclear blast in 1968, it was so heavily contaminated that it was declared off limits and they actually renamed it as um, Le Zone Très Dangereuse, um, so the very dangerous zone, um, and it was declared completely off limits for all humans um, and remained so for the next six years. Um, and there are also stories, we don't, these were never like official statements or anything, but this is stuff that um, people from the islands have said, that each time a test um, occurred, uh, the islanders were locked up in shelters for a day or two, um, and then their homes would be decontaminated. But by decontamination, what all that they were doing was spraying them with sea salt water. Um, and during that time as well, um, there were underwater landslides, which generated tidal waves um, in the Tuamotu Islands. Um, and this and that zone that was declared completely off limits, um, that was 30,000 square meters of radioactive waste. And so that was scrap metal, it was timber, tools and clothes. Um, and the amount of split Sorry, the amount of spilt plutonium um, in this area was enough to exterminate the entire population of French Polynesia, which is hundreds and hundreds of thousands. Um, so yeah, that's a bit of um, historical context and those are the figures and statistics that I found. Um, and this is kind of the terrible reality for Pacific Islanders. When we're researching about our history, we, you know, we have to um, confront these numbers and figures, and often this research forgets that there is, you know, life behind it. There's um, stories and lived experiences and emotions and trauma, and so um, with my poem that I wrote for Salian, um, I kind of drew on that. Um, and the issue often with the Pacific is um, because outsiders view us as tiny islands which are isolated in this massive um, you know chasm this massive vast spread of water um, it's seen as excusable or you know, um, justified to use our land and our people um, to benefit them. And so this researcher, this Pacific scholar, Terence Wesley Smith, he talks about the three rationales of um, research in the Pacific. So that the first is 
pragmatic and then laboratory and empowerment and so all these rationales and so clearly with the nuclear testing we can see that this is laboratory and so we were used um, as lab rats and our islands and our moana as um, a testing ground um, but for us you know as islanders that's not our reality you know we our um, Timuana is our relative you know we are all intertwined um, and we know we, we knew um, the ocean back to front we knew how it worked the tides we knew the islands we knew the stars and we knew our way around like we there's this quote um, by oh ah, Epeli Haofa um, we Oh, no, I've forgotten it. It's... <laughs> no, it's beautiful. It's beautiful. Um, oh, I can't remember it right now. But for us, in reality, we are a people of vast nature. We come from the ocean. and We are expansive and we're important as with any other human beings. But obviously, this is forgotten. Um... Yeah, so in my poem, I talked about how, um, so my grandpere, so um, I fuck up to Tahiti um, on my dad's side, and my grandpere um, was conscripted uh, by the French government, as a lot of Tahitian men were, um, to go assist in the nuclear testings in the Tuamotu Islands, uh, Whangataufa, where he worked. Um, without any prior knowledge to what was going on or what they would be doing. Um, and he had no other way of making money. Um, so this was his only way to support his family. So he went <coughs> and um, I remember my mom told me this story about, um, the story that he told her, um, that when he was on the beach one time, he was with a mate, um, and I think they were just coming back from work or something. Um, and his friend was complaining about how itchy his leg was. And, and my grandpa, he just thought, oh, you know, this is a dumbass. He's just complaining. Um, and then he goes up to one of these coconut trees and he starts itching it against it. And, um, <clears throat> and his friend just like sighed with relief. and was like, oh, thank God. Um, and then my grandpa looked over and his skin had started to fall off um, from, like it was just straight from the skin, flesh peeling off, not flesh, skin peeling from the flesh. Um, and yeah, and so my grandpa, he, I saw him two times in the past five years. Um, and the first time it was lovely, he was alive, he was well, he was doing great. And the second time he'd gone blind in one eye. Um, he had um, massive ulcers all over his body and um, a heart condition. And my auntie told me that the doctor had said that it was a direct result from the nuclear waste that he'd been working with. Um, and and so then sadly he passed away last year. Um, but yeah, I think it's really important 
um, to share these stories and um, really easy to forget that these are lived experiences that um, you know we have to continue to deal with yeah well yeah just on the topic of forgetting about it I mean we hear the Manhattan Project, we hear Hiroshima, we hear Nagasaki, we hear Chernobyl, all these nuclear-related disasters. But before sitting down and talking to you, I've never heard about any of this mm. before. And I can probably say most people haven't. Um, and this is probably by far one of the most extensive in terms of how much they were doing um, and the long-term impacts. Um, it's, yeah, it's crazy that I've, I've never heard of this before. Mm. Um, but I guess it just yeah it it shows I guess how long the French kind of you know like you said they've still got it under wraps you know they they haven't even released their data uh, which kind of just feels like it was pointless testing it was just kind of like they're testing this stuff and you know they know about it but realistically for all the suffering that people have done they probably haven't released any of the information um, towards uh, medical towards actual you know nuclear engineers in other countries um people trying to solve these issues um so that's probably the worst part of it is is Mm. is holding it up and just trying to sweep it under the rug um so why don't we talk about a bit more about the 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 further impacts today uh Mm. i i I do believe there is still some testing around the area in the wider pacific uh from other countries um I am completely unknowledgeable on that um, topic. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mostly just know about the French Polynesian mm-hmm. uh, testings between the 60s and the 90s. And um, th- there was also extensive testing in um, the Marshallese Islands as well. Oh. Yeah. Um, so they were under Japanese um, occupation during World War Two, And... Um, then the U.S. came in and uh, they did a lot of testing there as well. Um, v- extremely extensive. And there's um, a poet that wrote about it. I can't remember her name right now. But, um, yeah, so they had severe health impacts. Um, and um, one of them, um, a lot of the women on the island, um, you know, they'd fall pregnant. And then a couple months later, they would give birth to what they called jelly babies. Um, so they'd, uh, they were just sacks of, um, I'm not quite sure what the word is, but they were yeah clear sacks that held the fetus. Um, and um, because, you know, as a people, we rely on the ocean for our you know nutrition our nurture for everything um and so those people were still um fishing and um eating food from the sea um and no one stopped them because they didn't know and so yeah from obviously from that the ingestion of nuclear waste it was catastrophic but also this oof okay so the um the main atoll that they did the testings in um, in the Marshallese Islands was called Bikini Atoll. And that's actually what they based um, Bikini Bottom off of. Oh. Yeah, so the creator of um, SpongeBob, because um, they were thinking about this idea of, you know, 
creatures under the sea and they were like and they saw Bikini Atoll and they looked at the history of it and they thought oh you know hypothetically like um, you know this place could have so much you know terrible nuclear waste that um, weird little beings could live under the sea and so that's where they came up with the idea from but the terrible reality of that and what's come from that is no one knows about Bikini Atoll mm. no one knows about the Marshall Islands and the testings that occurred there and so this is a historical erasure the most horrifying thing this historical erasure occurs and starts off with kids you know mm. like we're teaching kids about Bikini Bottom but they don't know the history of you know I'm um, getting shivers just talking about it. it's so terrible like they don't know the history of Bikini Atoll and mm. All this terrible stuff, yeah. Jeez. Yeah, ruined SpongeBob <laughs> for me, dude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fire out. I mean, yeah, no. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah, like you were talking about before about the um the the jelly the jelly babies and 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 um I mean we we've seen similar things in in Chernobyl um with those that survived and same in Japan and Nagasaki and Hiroshima um with um with generations later still deformities happening in newborn children um and obviously with the way that human lineage works and it doubles each generation usually you know you've you've got a parent who, who has a couple kids and then they go off and marry have a couple more kids um that in a way while the effects may become less this nuclear effect it's not not just in the past it's going to be it's going to keep being there for all these generations who were born from from uh those uh who were affected um what do you think the long-term impacts of, of this whole mm. thing is well obviously i don't know anything science-based <laughs> so i can't speak on the biological effects or you know the so I don't even know the words. Um, yeah, I guess for me, um, on a personal level, it's the fact that I lost my grandpa to it, you know. And um, I also there's also concern in my family that you know we might have certain health issues that um, resulted from that. Um, uh, me and my entire family in Tahiti, we get checked up a lot um, on skin conditions and things like that um, because it's a reality that we all have to live with um, and that we might have some something similar to what my um, grandpa had. Um, <clears throat> so there's that and there's the emotional, the psychological, the cultural trauma that um, continues on from it and there's a deep sadness that any Pacific Islander knows um, because we're you know our love we have so much love for our ancestors and those who come before us and that's what we live for it's our legacy to you know um, <clears throat> stand up for them and to continue on their you know their mana their mahi um 
and to know that those people we treasure um, suffered so terribly um, and then on top of that is um, to have people mostly Pākehā obviously um, discredit or invalidate uh, these experiences or these events um, I, I my cousin um, so my mum uh, has Whakapapa to Norfolk Island mm. but um, also has a Pākehā Aussie parent from that side I've got a really very white family and they're very wealthy and do not have any understanding of the world outside of their sphere and my cousin um, he told me he said but it was for the greater good and um I had a teacher say that to me one time as well. And it's not it's not an islander thing to speak up for yourself. It's you know, we you know, it's we're quiet in these situations. Um Yeah, and so it is so unbelievably belittling um and ignorant, you know. Um and this is how they justify such horrific acts, like Basically, what you're saying is my grandpere deserve to die because it's going to save other people. But has it? You know, that's like we were saying before, you know, was it really worth it? Yeah. I don't feel like the French have used their weapons that much. Exactly. I don't feel like nuclear weapons have been used much at all, except mm-hmm. for testing. So the extensive testing that was done... Yeah, like it, it, everybody might be saying it was for the greater good, but there was nothing that came out of it, good or bad, except for the bad stuff that happened mm. during the testing. Um, the long-term results of, of, of the tests um, outside of the actual test themselves, nothing came from it. Nothing good, nothing bad, just nothing. Mm. So when you're comparing nothing to then what happened during the testing, it is obvious that the... the the only way to look at it is negative like yeah i mean the the only way i I feel like the french could could now obviously um i don't know have they ever apologized obviously that's not gonna do much but no so we actually put together a um uh elisabetta dawson who's part of the uh, pacifica student council she put together a petition um to not only get an apology, but also to release those documents. Mm, that's that the other thing released. I was going to say. Yeah. Like the only thing you could do now is actually take what you learnt from it and try to put it towards people who can learn from it and try to find better solutions, especially the health impacts. Mm. I mean, I don't know how much um, data they collected from from those impacted, um, but if they collected any at all the best thing they could do now is, is release that and, and hope that that information might lead to doctors being able to find some some treatments or, or some way to, to, to better result um, the aftermaths of any nuclear fallout that might happen in the future. Um, but, I mean, New Zealand faced uh, not nearly as bad, but a, a similar problem with the French um, when we pulled out of, um, of, you know, when we became nuclear-free after the, um, the Rainbow Warrior and... 
um, I can't remember if they've apologized yet or not, and if they have, it was only within the last, like, decade or, you know, not long ago that the French apologized for what happened with the Rainbow Warrior. Mm. Um, it's It just seems like everybody talks about colonization with the United Kingdom, with with the, the royalty there, um, and not necessarily forgotten, but people kind of just seem to ignore that the French was doing just the same. Um, yeah. And I mean, you know, Britain did a lot of bad things, but I don't know how many times they used an island to test weapons. Mm. You know, they colonized countries, which is still bad. Yeah. Um, but we're, we're able to start finding ways to, to uh, seek justice from that. And New Zealand and a lot of Pacific Islands uh, are finally doing that. We're seeking justice. But other than apologizing, there's not much you can do when it comes to nuclear impacts on, on whole environments and people. Um, so, I mean, it just seems like that part's been ignored. Absolutely. And the French get away with a lot. Um, I mean, I don't know much about the French colonial history in Tahiti, um, mm. but there is a massive difference between uh, countries colonized by France and um, countries colonized by England like we've had a massive um, loss of language um, and a massive loss of history as with any other um, country that's been colonized same here in Aotearoa um, but they were ruthless they were absolutely ruthless and um, yeah, like you said, we we do kind of paint France as this like very egalitarian, kind of problem-free, kind of like a, a good example of what um, a European country should be. But their past is just as fucking dirty. Um, and this, like, I think we forget that colonization is still happening. Mm. Like, it's not... There's a thing called the fatal impact theory that you know as soon as there's contact between the colonizer and the colonized that's that's the moment of colonization but colonization occurs over a long period of time it, and it's it's social it's cultural and yeah it's it's an ongoing process and it's still going today you know like it's um it's psychological as well i think a lot of people forget that as well um, and yeah, to not release those documents is just a big smack in the face um, and a massive setback for us. But yeah, I like the point you made. That was mm. Mm, yeah. No, the um, I knew someone who did a whole research on the the Rainbow Warrior. Um, Slay. And it was just constant messages of what the fuck, mm. what the fuck, of you know them just saying things that they've learned about the horrors um but i feel like if they did a comparison between that and what you've just told me the rainbow warrior would seem like nothing um well i think it was i don't know much about it myself um but i don't think many you know it was that many people who were affected um but i mean it resulted in new zealand become nuclear free um which is yeah one of the Yay. best things that we could ask for. Um, I mean, it was quite surreal. I went to the University of Canterbury a couple of years ago for a science camp, and um, 
I, I got to, to see the only, I think, nuclear reactor that was ever built in New Zealand at the university. And it's crazy. It is crazy to think mm. that, you know, all it would have taken was the French to behave and we would probably still have nuclear mm. capabilities in, my, uh, in the country. So, um, yeah. So is there anything else you want to cover? Um, hmm. I don't think so. Um, I love the Pacific. All love to the Pacific. Massive aroha, aroha, aloha. Um, we are an amazing people. We are voyagers. We are scientists. Um, we are researchers. And we've been this way since we first sailed through the Pacific. Um, and we are a vast people. Um, and I hope that people can learn from this and that they enjoy it. Um, and thank you for letting me blabber on. Uh, it's been very fun. No, thank you for coming along. I mean, it wouldn't be much of a warehouse podcast if I was sitting here talking to myself. So, uh, thank you so much. Um, and f- for everyone listening, I have no idea who's talking next week. Um, hopefully another RA. Um, but I will let you know as soon as I know. And uh, thank you guys for listening. Mario.